And so we are uh, very grateful that you are here, and uh, we're going to continue in our series. We kicked the series off about two weeks ago, and uh, in this series, we have been uh, spending time uh, talking about the different names of Jesus. Um, and so there are numerous names that the Bible gives for Jesus, and we're going to, and, and over these past few weeks, and we're going to continue this, we've been uh, looking at, at, at just a few of those, because um, what we believe is that uh, names given are given intentionally, and they are given purposefully. So the name that you are given, that when your parents named you, uh, there was reason, there was intentionality behind that. And the same thing goes for Jesus, that the names that he has, they have meaning, but they also have meaning for us today. Because what I believe is that the Bible was written so many years ago for people then, but also for for us today. Um, And so at this point, if you don't have a note sheet and you want one, go get one real quick. Um, Like no one's note sheet. I mean, I work so hard on these things for you guys and no one wants them. Uh, So while they are uh, getting the note sheets, uh, if you're joining us online, Go ahead and take a moment to find the Bible for yourself, uh, because we want you to see what we're talking about. We want you to be engaged with the Bible as well. Uh, so get yourself a Bible while they're getting note sheets. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to uh, kind of go back to last week for a minute, uh, because of all the, the messages in this series, uh, last week was, was probably one of my favorites, because the name that we talked about has a lot of meaning for us today. So while they are getting uh, some note sheets, so so last week we looked at the fourth name of this series. And as you can see on your notes, name number four that we looked at was holder of all things. That last week we saw that Jesus was the holder of all things. So what that means for us, that with Jesus being the holder of all things... Is that we can trust Jesus with the details. That when it comes to the details of your life, when it comes to the moments of your life, that Jesus cares about that. And so we can trust him with that. Whatever the details are, whatever they have been up to this point, you can trust Jesus with that. That he's not just some far off distance God who's just watching from a distance and like, oh, well, they know. Like he is in there with you. If you're in, if you feel like you're in a pit or a storm, he's right there with you. If you feel like you're on top of a mountain and like things are great, he's there with you. So he's the holder of all those things. So this week we're going to look at what, or we're, we're going to look at the fifth name of this series, which is Emmanuel. Name number five for this series is Emmanuel. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at what this means. And then we're going to talk about what it means for us. Because, again, the names that were given to Jesus are meant to impact us as well. So name number five is Emmanuel. So let's talk about what Emmanuel means. And typically, well, before, so Emmanuel means God with us. Emmanuel means God with us. And typically when we talk about Emmanuel, we talk about this around Christmas. Because 
That's where we see Jesus. And in, in actually in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says that the virgin will, will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So typically, we see this around Christmas, around the birth of Jesus, right? But what I believe is that we should talk more than one day about how God is with us. That God's not with us just on Christmas or Christmas Eve, but he's with us every single day. So we're going to talk about this today because he is with us. Like he doesn't take days off. Like when he says that he is with you, he means that. He doesn't take days off. So Emmanuel means God with us. So what does that mean for us? Because if we're going to take time to read this, what does it mean for us? So the first thing is this, and it should be on your notes, that Jesus offers a promise that he backs up. Jesus offers a promise. He offers us a promise that he backs up. Now, what I know about people, and I'm including myself in this, that when people give you a promise, there is not a foolproof guarantee that they will back that up. For my adults, you've probably experienced that. When someone has promised you something and they haven't backed that up. So Jesus offers us, when, when Jesus has said that he is God with us, he, he, he can back that up. So there's a couple, when I was thinking about this, there, there, there's a couple things that really stands out to me about that, that really, um, I think, would be so helpful for us to see. So before I read that, so Matthew chapter 28, verse 20 says that in teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, when Jesus says always, he means always. Like there is no question about that. Again, people are questionable, right? Like y'all know some people who are questionable, right? Like people are questionable, but there is no doubt in my mind that Jesus is who he says that he is because he has proven it when he went to the cross for you. Like there are so many religions and so many gods, but there's only one God who has defeated death and came back from it. Okay? So Jesus can back it up. Jesus can back the promise up. So there's a few things I want you to realize about Jesus and what it, and, and, and what it means when we see that he offers us a promise. The first thing is this, he won't change. Jesus won't change. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, as you can see behind me, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Jesus never changes, but you and I do. And we could spend a whole message on that one, kidding me, about how we change, but like Jesus never changes. So he never changes, but also... He never goes, he won't go silent. That's the next thing I know. He won't go silent. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Exodus 14, 14. And I love what it says about this. It says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I don't know about y'all, but being still is so hard for me to do. That's why when I preach, I'm like always moving from side to side. So like that's why we put the camera so far back. That way it catches me wherever I go. Because I like to move, okay? So being still is so hard for me to do. 
But why would I not be still if I have the God of the universe fighting for me? Oh, God. Amen, brother. So why would I try to fight my own battles when I have the God of the universe fighting for me? Because listen, if, if I fight my own battles, I will lose. I may win some, but I will lose. But God never loses. And if you want to uh, fact check that, um, go back to the cross and what Jesus did with that. Okay? Uh, because I'm going to put like, all my trust in the, in, in the guy who beat death and the guy who gave me life after death. I'm, I'm going with that guy. Okay? So Jesus, he won't go silent. But then one more thing of, of, of so many things, he won't ghost you. He won't ghost you. Now check out Deuteronomy. Chapter 31. This is one of those verses that you've probably seen, you've probably heard, you've probably seen it on a coffee mug, a Facebook post, you know, like the, the uh, coffee picture's right, like the, sun, the sun's right, and the frame's right, and like the coffee has like the, that weird looking design on top of it. Y'all you know, you know what I'm talking about? Hallie, Katie, yeah? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah? So yeah, so you've probably seen this verse, not to call y'all or anything. <laughs> Becca does it too, so... So you've probably seen this verse or heard this verse, but check it out. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So Jesus will never ghost you, okay? Whenever you really look for Jesus, you're going to find him every single time. So like I said a few moments ago, like, as people, we can't always check these boxes off, can we? Because we're going to change, right? We're going we're gonna to change. We're going to go silent sometimes. Because there's some moments where you have enough of your stuff to handle, so trying to handle somebody else's stuff, it's like, I can't even go near that, right? And sometimes, you won't admit it because, you know, who, who, who would admit this, right? But sometimes you ghost people. Sometimes you see a message, you, you, you see a conversation, you're like, nope, I'm out on that one. So we as people, we could not check off this box. And there's some people, they may be able to go a, a, a couple of days like being the same, but eventually they're going to change. And one, that, and, and, and one thing that we've said in past messages is that culture is always changing. And if you try to keep up with culture, you will get exhausted quickly. Because what, what used to be fashionable back then is like coming back. Right? So even like with cell phones, like apparently the new iPhone like has, has night mode. Like you should be sleeping at night, okay? Not taking pictures, okay? Yeah, y'all should be sleeping by like 8 o'clock in the bed. That's what good sleep does to you. It helps you, okay? Well, when you're with Jesus, it's okay. Don't matter where you are, okay? But when you're not with Jesus, you should be home by 8 o'clock, okay? That's why we're doing an after prom, okay? So, listen, we all change, okay? And if you change, like, you're, you're, you're with great company because we all change. And so Jesus offers us a promise that he can back up. 
But there's something else I want you to catch here. That's the next thing on your notes. Jesus stays with us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus stays with us through the Holy Spirit. Now, what you need to know is that the Holy Spirit is not a knockoff version of Jesus. Okay, The Holy Spirit is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is God. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are all the same person. Okay, So when Jesus promises to be with us, he stays with us through the Holy Spirit. Listen to John 14. John 14, verses 25 and 26. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So in that moment, Jesus is promising his Holy Spirit. Now we know that Jesus doesn't walk among us. It'd be cool if he did, and he used to, but he doesn't, he doesn't now because he, he is right now at the right hand of the Father. So Jesus is not physically walking with us. But do you ever notice how maybe when you're going in a direction that you shouldn't go and there's like that feeling and you're like, ah, something's not really sitting right here. Guess what? That's the Holy Spirit trying to work on you. <laughs> when you're trying to make a decision and, and one decision like just seems to, to not really escape your mind and like you're like really gravitating towards like one decision and you're like, huh, I wonder why. That's the Holy Spirit guiding you. That's Jesus staying with you through the Holy Spirit. So Jesus stays with us through the Holy Spirit. So if you are here, if you are breathing, which is all of you, you are known for something. Like we're all known for something. Whether it be you or your family, like you are, you are known for something. And it's like you're walking around like with a, y'all know those old uh, hello my name is name tags? Y'all probably know about it because you know, they, they weren't around when you were growing up. Uh, you didn't know about them? Cool. Well, you just made them feel really good because they were really questioning how old they were. So you really made them feel good. <clears throat> so when you are known for something, it's like you're walking around with a hello, my name is blank. Now, for me, growing up, my family, particularly my dad, was a hard worker. I always used to say that he was uh, someone who worked to live and lived to work. So when people would know who I was in relation to my dad, uh, it'd be like me walking around with a sticker that said hardworking. That my family was known to be hardworking. Another quality that my family had was that we were loyal to people. And so I'd be like walking around, and people would know that because of who I was, because of my family, I was loyal. And one of the many things I, that I loved about my, uh, about my father <laughs> was that you should never, like, get on his bad side. Because, like, he was a, a quiet man. But, if, but if, if he had your back and someone messed with you, yeah, you were in trouble. Like, one time, uh, he, got mad, he got mad at a teacher and locked him out of the classroom. <laughs> 
Like, that's who my dad was. Like, he was awesome, okay? So, like, you knew not to mess with my dad because if you mess with him or his family, like, you were in trouble. Like, you should probably check the brakes of your car before you start driving, okay? So, when, my, when, when, when people saw me, they knew that I was loyal. So, listen, in the family of God, in the family of God, you are known. Which should be the next thing on your notes is that in the family of God, you are known. And there is something so beautiful about being known, right? There's something so beautiful about someone looking at you and knowing who you are. But listen to what Jesus does. When we become part of the family of God, when we are known in the family of God, Jesus gives us both a new status and a new name. That Jesus gives us both a new status and a new name. So when Jesus came to this earth, he took on our reputation of sin and brokenness, that when he went to the cross, he was taking on our sin, taking on our brokenness, and in return, he gave us his reputation of holiness and righteousness. That when Jesus came, he took on our reputation and gave us his reputation. It was like him saying, you know what? You're not, you're not broken anymore. You're, you are righteous now. You're not, you're not sinful anymore. You still are. But the way that my God sees you, that you are holy. And so Jesus not only gives us a new status, but gives us, he gives us a new name. And there are so many names. Like there's so many names for Jesus in the Bible. But there's also so many names for us in the Bible. But if you really, if you, if, if you really read the word, if you really, if you really read the Bible, there are so many names for us. That when you accept Jesus, when you, when you, when you, when you have him become a part of your life, he gives you some awesome names. For example, he calls you new. He calls you free. Ain't that cool to be free. He calls you a masterpiece. He calls you a child. He calls you redeemed. He calls you chosen. <laughs> That's probably one of my favorite names that he, he calls me chosen. He calls us royal. And, and probably the best name that he gives us because of Jesus is forgiven. Because when Jesus came and took on our reputation and he gave us his, he was forgiving us. So the last thing I want you to know, the last point on your note sheet is to be known by Jesus, you have to know Jesus. If you're going to be known by Jesus, known in the family of God, you have to know Jesus yourself. And listen, if you're here and you're like, you know what, I, you know what? I'm not good enough. Uh, I've had a lot of mistakes. Uh, I've done a lot of stupid things. Listen. <laughs> If you look at the family of Jesus, like go to the first book of Matthew and it like gives you the list of his, of his family, you're going to fit right in, okay? Because uh, Abraham, y'all know who, who, who Abraham is, right? Like the dude lied about who his wife was. He said, hey, be my sister now. It happens. <laughs> We're going to pray after this. Y'all know David, right? We talked about David before. Like he cheated on a married woman. He cheated with, with a married woman. And then he manipulated and cheated her husband into death. <laughs> so like Jesus' family is a jacked up group of people. 
So everyone here, like everyone here, you are jacked up. Like you are broken, dirty looking messes, okay? But Jesus does not see you like that. God sees you as beautiful and perfect and forgiven because of Jesus. So tonight, the question is simple before we go in, in, into more time of worship. If you are here and you have never put your faith in Jesus, you've never called him your savior. Will you let him adopt you tonight? Will you let him accept you into his family? And that process is simple. In order to become a part of God's family, it takes a belief in your heart that you're a sinner, that you are someone who needs to be saved, and that can only be saved by Jesus. Believe that he died, that he rose again three days later, but then you have to confess that. That's, that's what we get a little mixed up on. Because a lot of people probably believe that, or they believe he's a good person. And I, I've heard people say that, right? Like, Jesus, yeah, he's, he's a great person. But there has to be a confession of that belief. So again, will you let God adopt you tonight? If you're here and you never put your faith in him, will you let him adopt you? Will you believe who he says he is? Will you believe that he backs up his promises? And will you let him adopt you by confessing that to somebody? Confessing that to God? 